Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. First of all, it feels good to be a legend, but not just a legend, but a living legend. Yeah. Just think about it. A living legend. Living legend. In this SEC. Oh, uh, <laughs> freak out. Yeah. Mm, mm. Uh, just what's up? I mean, what's up? I mean, what's up? Oh, what's up? What's up? Yeah. Freak out. out. <laughs> so, let's go behind the mask. Welcome to another edition of the Behind the Mask podcast. I'm your host, Takeo Spikes, with the co-host. Your favorite plus-size model, Tuton Ray, is in the building. And we have another special guest. Every guest is special. Man, give it up for my homeboy, my dog. We got a lot of history with each other. The Freak, also known as Javon Kirk. <sighs> And the curtain opens. <laughs> oh, that's the freak for you. No doubt, no doubt. Oh, shoot. What's happening, What's happening, bro? Oh, man, I'm good, man. Just flew up here from South Florida, got in last night. Um, come to join these SEC festivities. Yeah, and you came to bless us with your presence on the Behind the Mask podcast. Uh, I've been waiting my turn, man. What, <laughs> what took so long to reach out to me, man? Well, well, we were strategically, we didn't want to inconvenience you so we knew that you were going to be in the city. And so once we, you know, once that was official, you know, that's when I reached out. I was like, you know what? You know, I know we've been waiting. Oh, they, you know what I'm talking man, about? Man, I'm always looking to travel, man. And any time to come up to the A. <laughs> <laughs> for, sure, for sure. So talk about it, man. You here? Honored for as an SEC legend. What, what does that feel like, man? Oh, man. First of all, it feels good to be a legend, but not just a legend, but a living legend. Yeah. Just think about it. A living legend. Living right, legend. Right. In, in this SEC, TKO, TKO, in this thing, in this college thing, this SEC thing, man, that's big. Huge. It's big. It's huge. It's only so many. And yeah, so, yeah. you know, a lot of people want to know about the SEC legend. So they pick a guy from every SEC, te SEC team mm -hmm. to come be a representative to honor them for the work that they've been able to do. Yes. Um, name some of the other guys who are, you know, you don't have to name every guy, but just a few other guys who are being honored this weekend with you. Well, personally, um, two guys that I played on, I played professionally with, um, of course, not in college, I went to different colleges, but um, Darren Walker, defensive lineman, mm -hmm. um, we played together in, in Philadelphia. Um, we played together for three years when um, before he went to Chicago. And then... Also, another legend that's getting uh, um, inducted is Javon Hay. Mm -hmm. He played on me. We played. We played together in Tennessee in 08 and 09. And the cool thing about that is we was on the same Tennessee game team together that had three Javons at one time. Mm -hmm. It was three of us. It wasn't just two Javons. It was three Javons on the team at the same time. And he's getting on as well. He was a D lineman as well. So here with, with two of my D D line mates from from the NFL is pretty cool. You had all them Javons, but there's only one. Freak. Oh, it's a, it's only one original. It's only one original. The OG. It's the OG. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, so like, like, we need to get to the origin of the freak, though, because I remember we both came out of high school together, played in the Georgia-Florida game, and a lot of people don't know this. What was your position when you came? Like, every, you were defensive <laughs> end, all pro, pro bowler, came second in voting when it comes to AP defensive uh, player of the year, yeah. two times. Yeah. So, what position did you play in high school? Uh, wide receiver and free safety. 
wide receiver and free safety. Yeah, so that was so long ago. That was like so many moons ago, <laughs> man. But but let me tell you my thing about this uh, this high school thing before you even get into that. I just remember getting to the Florida Georgia All Star game, and um, there was this kid that played for Georgia. And like when this, oh, I think we was at lunch or something. This dude walked in the lunch room. Yeah, and like. Like that dude, he's supposed to be 18. He's supposed to be coming out of high school, going to college. I mean, he looked like he may be 18, but his neck looked like it was already in the Hall of Fame. And this kid, and this kid went by the name of TKO, Takeo Spikes. And that was you, my man. He had that neck. He had that, listen, his, his neck was already like Hall of Fame. Like, <laughs> Got that Hall of Fame. Like Hall of Fame neck. But he was like, he was going in as an All-American um, yeah. high school kid. But his neck was different, though. It was Bruh, different. I, I'm going to tell you, that this is the part that I didn't know. I didn't realize my neck was so big until I got to college. And Terry Bowden told me, well, Takeo, this is how we do things on game day. I need for you to go get a sport coat, of course, collar, tie, and all of this. And I'm like, all right, cool. Man, I take my black ass over to damn J.C. Penney, and I try to put on a shirt, and I remember that the sales associate said, oh, my God, I've never seen this before. And I was like, what, somebody struggling to get the button tightened? He was like, Yes, but then also, even if I give you an extender, you know, the little... Extendo to the, 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 the stretchy. The little stretchy. Yeah. He was like, it doesn't fit. <laughs> and I knew at that point right then, period, I got to make it to the league, bro. Right. I got to make it. You nothing off the rack. You get nothing off the rack. Nothing off the rack. I'm proud to say now, though, that it's went down a few inches. Uh, I'm still like, you know, custom tailored shout. <laughs> you know what I'm talking about? Yeah. Okay, now let's go back into what you were getting to. Okay, go ahead. I forgot. Um, I me, me, me going into as free safety. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. <laughs> all right, so I, I need, need to that. hear that part. We cut that. So, all right, so you came in high school. You started out as a safety. Developed, came linebacker into Florida, defensive end, yeah. hybrid. You played everything. Yeah. Um, being all pro. I mentioned earlier, second in voting, AP Defensive Player of the Year two years in a row when you first got to Tennessee. Um, you know, people wonder, like, how does this guy get the name The Freak? Well, that's how you get the name Freak because when you come up and when you look at your stature right now, I'm kind of like, like, bro, like. I'm jealous, man. <laughs> like, bro, you look like a damn, you look like a model, dog. Yeah. You are a model, though. Man, genetics, man. Genetics, bro. I ain't mad at genetics, though, but like. When I look at everything and I see everything, it's like you earned that nickname because when you came out, you ran a four four three forty. Yes, mm. true. Eighty six inch wingspan. True. Mm. This is what like killed everything though. Like I knew you was a hell of a player, but just the fact that when you went to the combine and you did your vertical jump and you jumped forty eight inches vertical jump, I said, "Oh my." Goodness, he about to get paid. And that <laughs> led to you being drafted in the first round by the Tennessee Titans. Yes. Um, you knew all of that about you. We didn't until we actually saw it. Right. It was posted. Like, is that all genetics or was it just <laughs> something that you just worked at 
Why you were at Florida, UF? No, I mean, honestly, like, all of that was genetics. Like, didn't do any kind of extra. Like, back then, we didn't have any kind of extra, like, like training. Like, you can go see somebody. We went to see Tom Shaw. Um, he was doing the a bunch of the combine training up in New Orleans. New Orleans yeah. we, we was up there for maybe about, maybe like two or three days. But we just literally just, like, all of us went up there. Like, all of us who came out in 98, in the 99 draft was myself, Mike Peterson, Johnny Rutledge, Reggie McGrew, even Nafis Kareem, like all of us went up there then to sim, but like we were like, um, yeah, it seems pretty cool, whatever. But like we knew that we was going to get to the combine and that was going to make a difference there, or whatever. But like you can try to teach us like starts and everything else and strides, but that stuff is only going to it's only going to work. Like you, you got to have most of that stuff in you already. Yeah. Like like even though they have more advanced types of things that they do now as far as training. <clears throat> But like really, a lot of that stuff, you like a lot of that stuff, like they weren't like that advanced then. So basically, we just going in with God given talent then. So with that talent, did you know your first year in the league, you just gonna explode on the scene, have all that success, <clears throat> fourteen and a half sacks, uh, rookie of the year, and make it to the Super Bowl? No, didn't no, didn't have any idea. Like actually, it goes back to draft day, like um, like going through the like going through the all the all the draft stuff, been. Pre- projected to go like top 10 that sounded all good that sounded really cool i'm like yeah that sounds about right i should do that right there so you know what let's let's make it happen but then uh once draft day came literally like the night before um i was i was contacted by maybe about three or four teams that was in the top 10 like and then in the, up until that morning they want to make sure that they had the right number because um i didn't go to new york of course i was down in fort myers with my family and friends and you're from fort myers yes fort Is myers that considered Florida. the muck Nah, the, the muck is like more like Belglade, the Belglade area. Okay, okay, okay. Yeah, it's, yeah, it's mucky over there. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. But um, but yeah. So and then um, literally like the morning of the draft, getting contacted by teams as well. So I'm thinking, okay, you're gonna be top ten. So you know, you go to the house, um, all the family friends over there. It's like a big party, whatever. So I'm back in my aunt's room, just waiting on that phone to ring, and it rung a few times through the first, through the first, through the top ten picks. Mm. But it wasn't from a team. It was from family members. Like, yeah, hey, yeah. did they draft you yet? Yeah, you hated that, right? <laughs> oh, man. I'm like, come on. Y'all turn your TV on to watch for yourself. Y'all stop taking, wasting up the phone lines and wasting time or whatever. Just stop calling me and get my hopes up. And so then once that top 10 passed by, I'm like, okay, well, I'm not going top 10. Okay, I'm going to see what's going to happen. It should be like sooner after that. And that was the same draft. They dropped a bunch of, it was a bunch of quarterbacks that went. Mm. Whole bunch of quarterbacks um, went like maybe like five quarterbacks went before that was like a quarterback heavy like draft, a, yeah. yeah heavy draft, and then once the fifteenth pick came up, it was the Tampa Bay Bucks, and like I um, Tony Dungy was the coach then, and I used to see him. I saw Tony Dungy in Gainesville because he would come down from Tampa a lot for fellowship of Christian of Christian, Christian yeah, yeah FCA FCA yeah. yeah he would come down from the FCA then so I'm a lot then talk to him then or whatever. So I'm like, I, I knew for sure I was going to go to the Bucks. I'm like, I don't know about the Bucks. It's so close to Fort Myers on a two-hour drive. I mean, too close to home. Mm-hmm. Family and friends will try to come up all the time. I don't know about that. But, you know, I'm going to get drafted, though. And then didn't get the phone call. And then I got the phone call from Jeff Fisher. Mm-hmm. Right after that Bucks pick, they were 15. And then, you know, the 16th pick came up and phone rung. And at this time, I'm like, man, I wonder who that is now. And, and, ain't no telling who it is. No, <laughs> maybe cousin Junebug or <laughs> Auntie Brenda or something. I don't know, man. So let me answer this phone and then, hey, Javon, Coach Fisher here with the Tennessee Titans. Um, about to take you off the board. I'm like, okay, that's cool. Inside, 
man, I was that little kid at Christmas time, like spending Christmas in in um, Disneyland, and I got all my presents, and then I'm hanging out with Mickey and, <laughs> and everybody. That was inside, but I didn't show all of that. But I'm like, okay, cool. And so then um, it happened then. But which is to bring me to my point, that motivated me. I mean, a lot of people would be like, you still went first round. Mm-hmm. You still went first round. Like, that's an honor. Like, that's, and then you like right in the middle of the first round. I'm like, no, I should have went sooner. So, guess what? Everybody must pay. Mm-hmm. Yes. Everybody must pay for this. Mm-hmm. And so, from that point on, I'm like, you know what? Like, I'm going to like go in, in each game and be like, listen here, I got something to prove to you. Like, if you didn't draft me, you you didn't you, you didn't make the right pick in the first in the first ten. Well, whatever. Like you didn't if you didn't pick me before this, mm-hmm. you messed up. And if you was after this and then trade up and get me, you didn't you didn't make the right choice either. You should have did that as well. So I just went in with the motivation. Like it was like I got to prove to the whole world like who I am or whatever. And then and then it was going in playing a different position. Like I um I, I played free safety in high school, and then when I got to UF, I was start off a free safety and then moved outside backer because I was so aggressive. And then playing outside backer, that was a little thinking, but I was I wasn't like really in attack mode because I was I, I was saying backer. So I gotta mess around with this tight end. I gotta go to the tight end side every time. Like, is he blocking? Is he is he is he releasing? Like, I don't know what's going on. You just wanna go play. I just wanna go. And then once I got that call, and then once I I got the call to come and play DM because um during the draft, they was they were, they worked me out at defensive end and linebacker. Mm-hmm. So I did double duty. So I don't know how you how you come by and train uh, how you come by and workouts went, but um, mine was crazy because I just DN work and linebacker work. Man. I did double duty. Well, I could tell you, I did not do double duty. <laughs> I right. trained to be a linebacker, but that's the reason why you were the call the free. Yeah. So I, I did I did both of those, and then once I went in to play DN, and then it was like, listen here, you gonna we gonna play a four three line up here, and I want you to get right there. Uh. That's it? <laughs> Just, you mean to get right there? Go get the guy that has the ball right there? Ah, oh, let's go. Let's do this right here. Regardless of whoever's in front of me, that's where you had to go. And you that's was like, that's it, it? That's it right there. I'm like, this, but like um in my other thing, like playing Sam Backer, like I was always on the outside, but I would have to like read the read the, the tight end and depending on what the coverage was, then after that I gotta go in and pass for us afterwards. Which was kind of like two gapping. I was like two gapping from the the Sam the Sam backer position, which was a little bit more thinking. But like it, it didn't really like let me. I was a racehorse. Mm. Yeah, I gotta get there. You gotta get there. Gotta get there. Let it be. Take the thinking out of it. Yeah. So th- that they took that part out of it, and then um, I got in the same time. My defensive line coach was Jim Washburn. He coached at um at uh, no um Arkansas, and in a few more places, even semi pro whatever. But when he, that was his first year as well, so. Like, like we would have our little personal one-on-one meetings as well, and then both, like, we're both rookies. Like, listen, we both got to prove to the to the world, not just the league, but the world that we belong here. Mm-hmm. And then we just went in with that same mentality, and then just took it into each and every game, and it, it worked out. Mm-hmm. And not to mention that I went to an eight and eight um, Tennessee Titans team that went eight and eight maybe three years in a row. Yeah. So like we were trying to trying to turn our corner and get get, get at least one, one more win. Mm-hmm. And it yeah, worked out. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah. I did and then went to the to the Super Bowl. What was that experience like in your rookie year? Ah oh, man, it felt. I mean, it felt like I was like, you no, know, felt like I was like back in college, like in that SEC. Like you know, like I'm talking about the SEC, like playing for the Gators at the time. Uh, Florida was yeah, dominant Florida at the time. Yeah, no, like, for real. Won, con- how many SEC championships did you even just play in? 
Um, my first two years. Yeah. My first two years. Then, the, like the next season, we probably started off at number one, probably ended somewhere in the top ten. Then, like the my my last year as well. So, like we were always like we was like that team that mm-hmm. like the Alabamas now, whatever. Yeah. yeah. Like we was that team, and so that always. But then, but back to my my rookie year, Super Bowl. Like it just felt so good. I'm like, we can do this. I'm like, oh, this all you got to do? Just go ahead. And- <laughs> Let's go ahead and um, win a few games, and then you got to like own one team, which we owned Jacksonville at the time. That was our home away from home. So I'm like, <laughs> and I you were playing against your, one of your college mates at the time. Yeah, Fred, Fred Taylor. 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 Yeah, um, plays him a lot. But um, back to that part right there. Um, Fred was one of the first people to call me. Um, that called me when I got drafted, and literally, like, I was in the, I was doing interviews with the local media in um, Fort Myers, and Fred called me. And basically, like, he basically, like, told me, like, what I need to do. And he even told me about his teammates, which was Tony Baselli. Mm-hmm. And Leon Sergio was telling me, like, listen, like, listen, this, you know, you got to go in and take care of your business, whatever, and you're going to be all right. Like, yeah. yeah. But going to that Super Bowl first year, man, it just, it just, it just felt, it felt, it felt so surreal because everything happened so fast. Mm-hmm. It was like... Like running to the season, and then that was also the same the same season where we didn't have a week in between, mm-hmm. which was like the week in between the champ the the, the AFC championship, championship game and the Super Bowl. So everything just kept going. It was nonstop, 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 and um, just basically didn't, didn't have time to sit and think about it before you know it. Like just playing through the season, and then we went in as a wild card that season. Mm-hmm. We went thirteen and three and went in as a wild card. And then the the team that won our division that year was Jacksonville. They had two mm-hmm. losses. Mm-hmm. Guess who their two losses was to? Us, Same, yeah. and still, and still went in as a wild card, and then like everything just, just everything just worked out, and then got into that Super Bowl, and just I look back on it like after we played the game, and it's like man, like man, we really played in the Super Bowl, like that was didn't really think about it till like till afterwards because everything was happening that year. Um, I had a lot of success, so I had a bunch of media obligations. So all through the all through the week, I was just being pulled here and pulled there. They would have like special meetings with me just to make sure I'm good, make sure I'm coming. Because uh, we used to like 12, 12 game seasons. Right. And that season there, whatever, of course, because because I went in um, as a rookie, I was playing, I played all the preseason games, mm-hmm. like literally from from first quarter through like maybe like the third quarter, like all, all four preseason games, and then went into the season, and then we was wild card. So that was just games nonstop, played 25 games. Including the, including the Pro Bowl that season, and that was different there. So didn't really have time. So as soon as the season was over, like I was just able to just to sit back and look at it, like wow. And then didn't really think about it because I was in Nashville. Nashville was happy. The Nashville showed us a lot of love. But then once I started traveling places and like getting love, like everywhere I went, I'm like, I, I think I did something good this season. <laughs> <laughs> I think so. <laughs> when you talk about thinking about doing something good, a uh, little history lesson. We were in the same division playing against Cincinnati, and we played y'all two times a year. I remember that next year we came to to, to Tennessee, one of probably the top two stadiums, visiting stadiums that I ever played in when it comes to fan engagement. Yeah. Everything. I remember when they introduced you <laughs> coming out the tunnel, and you and the stadium literally got quiet when, because they knew he was coming. Mm. They played this video, not the video, but the uh, the music clip. <laughs> and the music clip, it was like, 
freak out. Ah, uh, freak out. <laughs> yeah. Mm, mm, little and, freak. Say yeah. she. Freak, freak out. out. <laughs> so I'm like, he got a soul. <laughs> I went back. I went back. I was like, look, Mike Brown, Mr. Mike Brown, owner of the Cincinnati Bengals. Right. Like, like, I know you heard, like, <laughs> and here you're younger than me in the league, but we the same age. Like, maybe we can have, like, play another love TKO. Yeah. <laughs> well, TKO, they do a little something different down there in Tennessee. <laughs> but I thought that was so hot. Every time he got a sack, they would play this song, Freak Out, and then have him in the background on the Jumbotron, like, dancing and wilding and everything. <laughs> so, bro, like, what did that do for your ego, your confidence? Like, like, did you come up with that, or did they just was that collectively they came up with that with you? They came up with it. Didn't tell me anything about it. And once I like got the one second, they, they played that. I was like, oh man, I like this. <laughs> and so um, there was like another game, like um, and um, like I was just making my routine plays, but it wasn't a big play. And then they decided to play the song. But without, like, um, it wasn't after the play. They decided to play the song just anyways. And guess what that motivated me to do? Go get it. Went and got it. <laughs> Went and got it. No, it was cool but because, like, now um, I run into some of the, the former guys, like Hall of Fame guys, like um, Wood, um, um, Charles Woodson and even Sapp, talking to him at different times. They were like, bro, they're like, man, I'll never forget the time we was at our stadium and, like, you, 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 you sacked our quarterback. And they played that song for you. Like, bro, you had your own song in the stadium. I'm like, yeah, they did show some love there. Major love. That's Major heavy, love, right? yeah. yeah. It's big. That's heavy. You talk about Sap, man. He's, he said he's going to come on. We actually spent some time with him in London. How did it feel uh, coming into the league second in uh, defensive player of the year voting behind a Warren Sapp that just had a phenomenal year that year? If it felt awesome, I mean, but personally, between us, Did you feel you needed you, you should between got- us and whoever else sees this or <laughs> listens to this. Even Sap told me like he was like, bro, like you probably did deserve that one, yeah. But it gave it to me. Yeah. I'm like, you know what? Um, bow down to you. I let you have that one there. But I should have got it that year. Yeah. But you know what? I still had I still had, had an awesome rookie campaign, and then that just set the stage for other things. It. It, it 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 boosted it boosted football morale like in the city. Um, got got a bunch of bunch more fans involved, and also it still helps me out now. Like I can still go to Nashville now and like and get all types of all types of whatever I, I need in Nashville just because that season there, and that's that's what they remember. Like that was the season we went to the Super Bowl. That season that we jumped back, that we really took the league by storm, and then that became the norm. That became the norm of Titan football, the Music City Miracle, right? Yes. That which ended up getting you guys to the Super Bowl. So I remember that. I wanted to ask you how, like, you know, when you when you came out and you did so much, you accomplished so much, especially in a short period of time. I think that's key as a young player when you get into the NFL, when you look at the big picture of things. But mm-hmm. some of the knocks on you because you were not the prototypical type. Mm. Size of a defensive end, 6'5", mm. 280 pounds, 6'5", 270 pounds. Mm. Uh, you know, people were like, oh, you know what? This is a reach by Jeff Fisher. I don't think he'll be able to hold up against going up against tackles. I'm sure you heard some of the – I know you heard some of the same things. Like you, and you saw it in print too. Like, like, what did that do for you from a mental standpoint – 
of knowing, like, you know what? I got to change the narrative Man. to this. See, I already had a fire going on inside of me anyways, and that was just some gasoline that was throwing me then. And that just sparked it up even more because going into the combine, really like going into like once I declared myself like eligible for the, for the draft, they threw that label on me, that tweener. Mm. Like, what the hell is a tweener? What the hell? Like, I never heard of that word right there. <laughs> I mean, I like Twinkies and uh, everything like that, but um, I know tweener. Yeah. Let's get away. <laughs> yes. Yes. One crumb away. <laughs> he was two biscuits away. He went, he went from secondary, not only to linebacker, yeah. but then went all the way down to the defensive line. So, like, um, I was labeled a tweener going into the draft. And, like, tweener, they was, like, too big for too big for linebacker, too small for DN. Okay. And so, actually, um, I think like, right before the, the combine in Indy, I decided to jump on the, the Fosagen. Did the Fosagen or whatever, like, because I had t- teammates who was taking that. So, I'm like, let me get on this and try to bulk up because I'm thinking, like, between linebacker and DN, I think the, the, line, the, the DN thing... Sack specialists, you know, I think they get paid more than linebackers. I'm just saying. I'm just saying. So, Pig, you figured that one out, right? <laughs> I'm just saying. So, you know what? I'm going to just bulk up and then go into the, the, the go into the, the the combine like this. And so, I went in the win at the, at the combine. I was 265. Trust me, that was the only time I was 265. Was just for that right there. And like, and I didn't even do anything um, at the combine. I went to my to my to the workout that we did in Gainesville mm. and got back down there. And then, like, they were still saying tweener. I'm like, man, I tried to make y'all minds up for you. Like, try to take the tweener part off. And then they still saying tweener. I'm like, you know what? Y'all get that fostering out of my locker. I don't need that. I'm just going to go in natural. And then was back down to, like, the 255 and went in. And that's when I ran that pretty good time, that, that awesome, like. Full four three. Yeah, ran that, had that vertical leap and had all that. Inches. But the thing is, I felt more comfortable at that right there because, like, I felt kind of bloated. Like, I wasn't my natural self at the 264, 265 range there. And so then that pretty much just just motivated me. Then once I got drafted as a DN, I was thinking, like, I was thinking they, they maybe think about just having me come in to rush the quarterback just on third downs and stuff. I'm like, no, nah, I'm an every down back. No, I want to be down there because it's more sacks. Like, sometimes mm-hmm. they pass the ball on first and second down. Yeah. So I'm like, listen, I want to be in on first and second down as well. So um, my job is, like, like I met with my coach quite often. And he's like, listen here, like, what you got to do, like, whenever you get lined up, beat the person in front of you. So, like, not thinking about the quarterback. So if it's like, if I shoot up on the ball, I can, like, whatever you think you're going to do or whatever, no. No, I'm going to dictate all of this right here because I'm going to get off on this damn ball and give you so much speed to where you're going to start showing me. You're going to start showing me like 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 what's coming. Like either you're going to show me like that light hand that, that you're going to drop back in that pass, like in, in the pass block, or you're going to like try to shoot off or whatever. But I'm going to be into your shit so fast and shoot these long 80, 86-inch 86 <laughs> up in there. And then as soon as you try to recoil... I'm up out of there, right there. So I mean, just just went in, just I just went in with that mentality there, whatever. So each player, or whatever, like I want to be, a, I want to be known as a as a as a full defensive end. And so I'm playing the run, I'm playing the pass, I'm doing all that stuff, and it, it worked out in my event. In the first three years, double digit sacks each of your first three years. That's that's you know, yeah, amazing. But you played against some of the greats in your era on the offensive tackle side. Yes, Willie Rofe. Yes, a few names at you. Walter Jones. Yes. J.O. Yes. One of your former teammates, Bruce, Bruce Matthews. Willie yes. Anderson? Willie Anderson. Willie Anderson. That you saw quite a bit. Yes. Which, which one of those guys gave you the most fits, and which one of those guys did you enjoy going against? 
the two one of the game me the, the most fits was um was Leon Cersei. Leon, okay. Yes, you've got Leon Cersei <laughs> after you, whatever. Cersei was solid on the right yeah. side. Yeah. And the thing is, he never got the props that he should have got. They gave all the the hype to Baselli. Yeah. But Baselli wasn't the blind side. Mark Brunel is a lefty. Lefty, yeah, yeah. So the blind side guy was Cersei. And Cersei just had that height. He was just that height because like taller guys, I can shake you up and get you like the get you to, to straighten up a little bit and then just drop down on you to get around. But Cersei just he was he was a little shorter, so he was always he never bit on that and he had a he had a crazy punch. You, you know that punch well Damn right I know that punch. You know that punch when you get revived where like it looked like oh shit, I think, I think we lost him. Oh, I you? think we lost him. <laughs> <laughs> Okay, <laughs> so listen, that that was there, like yeah. <laughs> Going against Cersei was like I had I had to pack my hard hat, yeah. lunch pail, steel toes boot, and and go to work on that one there. So like um that one's always a good one there. And then my favorite one was go to go against was 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 um, Willie Anderson mm, mm. with the um Bengals. Um, yeah, right there was yeah, a, yeah that was a teammate. Yeah, yeah, yeah right there was a, that was always a fun one there. That was always a fun one. What made that what made that matchup so fun? Because he was also taller, but then again, he was also like he was also athletic. Like um I guess back in the day, like m- most offensive linemen like wasn't as easy, athletic, just easy, big, whatever. Easy. No, I'm just saying no, show, no I, I said back in the day. Freak. I said back in the day. <laughs> back in the day, but like but like um by the time I got in there, like like it was like the, the, the yeah, Tony Baselli's in the in the JOs. Mm-hmm. Like these guys can go out on the basketball court and like probably can cross you over and do whatever. So it was like it was a change uh, it was a change of the guard mm-hmm. then. So going against those guys there, it was more athletic. So it wasn't about just speeding them. Now you got to just do a little bit more to shake them up, yeah. to get them to stop their feet. And then going against Willie, it was, it was fun. And yeah. then just looking forward to it like twice a year, but going against him twice a year, going against J.O. twice a year. Mm. Listen, man. Going I never thought to, about that. Yeah. 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 No, nah, it was it was, it, it was work. put up them numbers. And Oh my goodness! Yeah, you can't get this nowhere else other than behind the mask. I'm telling you, Willie Anderson eventually will be in the Pro Bowl Hall of Fame, Absolutely. Pro Bowl Hall of Fame nominee. Yeah, uh, Tony Baselli, um, Leon Cersei. J-O's there. Yeah. Jo is there. You played yeah. against all of these guys two times a yeah. year, and you still put up the numbers. Yeah, that you did. Yeah. The thing is, I just, I just, I just had that motor, man. I, I just had that motor. You had a motor and skill. Yeah, but definitely, but definitely, like I figure, I figure, like if I don't get it like early on in the game, whatever, like in that third and fourth quarter, because like all of our games were close. Like playing, like playing, like our team was always each game we played was like close. It was then, it was within three to seven, three to seven points. Like I would say, our first season, sixteen games, we probably won maybe. Maybe ten out of the thirteen, probably within like seven points or less, and they were always like down to the end to where like anything can still happen, and teams just trying to trying to just kind of score that that touchdown, that final drive, and that's when I just just keep it coming, keep coming, keep it coming, and then sooner or later somebody's gonna mess up. You had the privilege of playing up under Jeff Fisher, head coach of the Tennessee Titans, yeah, Titans, and then also Andy Reid, Big Red. For Big the Philadelphia red. Eagles. So, yeah. you know, playing up under both of those guys, man, it's like I had the opportunity to spend some time with Jeff Fisher, um, played up under Andy Reid for a year. What's the biggest difference out of those two head coaches? Oh, man. 
I mean, personally, like what comes off the top of my head, whatever, like playing in, playing in Tennessee under Fisher, it was a different type of coaching style there, whatever. Like, say, if we were to get a lead on any team, like the play calling was still kind of kind of vanilla. It was still kind of, I'm not going to say conservative, but close to conservative. Yeah, get close it? to conservative, as yeah. you can say. Yeah, yeah, close conservative, as I can say, or whatever. And then like, it was, but then again, it allowed us on defense to play a lot more defense. See if we get like a, a little like maybe a three point lead, and we're um, and then like we're off the field, and then the offense on the field. You know, you may run Eddie right, may run Eddie left, may check down to a wide check, and then literally like we heard so many times during the game, all right guys, go get the ball back. Mm. You kind of give that look like, hmm, how come we didn't try to do something when we had the ball? But you know what? That's our job. That's our job. Let's go take care of what we got to take care of because that's what we get paid to do to play defense. And the dip, and then like, and and then things did work out because Fisher knew that he had he had a biting defense. Now, playing for Andy Reid, I don't care if you got a one point lead or a two point lead. Each time we go out on the field, we going for the juggler. I don't care if we're up by fourteen points. If you get the hand around that throat, Jeff, I mean, not Jeff, it's Andy Reid was like, let's tighten it up a little bit more and a little bit, a little bit more. To, and it was just, it was somewhat different, but you, you get used to playing like you, those are our coaches and that's our job. So that's what we got to do. So you get, you get used to doing that no, no matter what it is, what situation it is. So, but, um, um, playing with Andy Reid, um, he was like he was one of those guys to he's he's one of those guys like I would say even like when we like had meetings and stuff, like say if we're with with um, Andy Reid, we got meetings that we're supposed to do. If we finish with the meetings and then you know let us go, you guys be quiet when you're leaving and don't interrupt anyone else or whatever you know because if you go through your watch the game film that you're supposed to watch or the practice tape you're supposed to watch, you're done. The difference between that and then, um, my bad, and then and Jeff Fisher was, like, literally, like, if we had mean time, that was from this time to that time, he wanted you in there for that whole time. Mm-hmm. Even if you finished with, like, 30 minutes left, now the rest of the time, we just probably playing, like, bottle flip or whatever it is. <laughs> just, just fill the time, so we got to sit there during that time, whatever. So that was different between both of them, but both of them were really go, really great coaches, and then they, they had, like, I think they were, like, two of the coaches with the longest tenures. Yeah, like, to the yeah. team. Yeah, like, um, like w- with their team at the time. So, like, it was pretty cool, like, playing plan for both teams, but um, it was a little different, like, when it came to that or whatever, but like, both awesome coaches, and both both coaches were fun to play with. No doubt, no doubt. And, and being the freak, we saw on NFL Network, we saw a clip that they said one of the, 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 the players in the NFL that was most underrated in terms of what he, how he impacted the league of his time, during, during your time. Yeah. How do you feel about that? And then also, do you see any players that kind of resemble your style of play that's playing the game today? Oh, man. Okay, first, the first part. How do I feel about that? Um... I mean, I didn't think I was underrated. Meaning underappreciated. Underappreciated, yeah. You know what? Like, as I go back, because um, a lot of the stuff that I did on the field, like, I never even really, like, paid close attention to it or whatever until someone else pointed point out to me whatever. And that's actually how I got the nickname The Freak, which mm-hmm. just, like, back in college. See, if a play started, like, on the right-hand side, like, outside, and then end up cutting back and 
on the left side all the way down the field and next thing you know you see you see the freak you see the freak over there <laughs> <laughs> I didn't think about it I'm like listen I'm just here to I'm just here to play and then when I got to college I was spending time 50-50 with Mike Peterson mm. so people didn't know that people didn't realize like listen I'm making the most of my time on this field <laughs> so literally like I can start on one side and listen I'm chasing down whatever I got to chase down whatever listen I'm happy to be here I'm happy to have the scholarship I'm I'm trying to do my thing, and then um, then once I got in, into the league, like it was just I brought like a, a different a different style of play because like I was just I was like I wasn't satisfied with just with just taking on my block and sticking my blocker back in like sticking him back in the backfield. Like now I want to shed you and go chase this ball down. Mm-hmm. So like um, I actually got. I mostly got props like during the offseason, like guys like, man, like, man, like your, your motor, like your motor just don't stop. I'm like, man, because I'm, I'm, I feel like if I'm on the field, I'm going to do what I got to do. If I'm not, if, if I'm tired or can't do it, then just take me off the field. Right. I'm going to the sideline, let somebody else come out there and do their thing, whatever. But if, if I'm out there, I'm going to go. Like, I don't care where the ball is. I don't care if you throw a 20 yard pass. You're going to get it. I'm turning around, I'm running, I'm chasing it down because anything happened, it can be a cutback or whatever. And then that actually led to, I would say that led to, like, I got drafted in 99, uh, 16th pick, and I think that probably led to whoever got drafted the next season, number one pick. Courtney Brown. Courtney Brown. <laughs> For real. Yeah. I'm just, That's the influence yeah, that yeah, you are exactly, aware of now. Exactly. I'm just saying whatever, but I don't want to take credit for all of that. But you should. I, I would say I was one of the one of the guys that helped like um that helped that helped the defensive end like position evolve. Because mm-hmm, mm-hmm. it wasn't just about having like a two hundred and eighty five pound guy, two seventy pound guy, whatever. You can stick your guy there that's two fifty. Mm-hmm. Who got who got good pad level? Got good get off? Who mm-hmm. knows who knows the game? Who know how to play sideline to sideline? Mm-hmm. And so that first part. Okay, what's the second and part? The next one. So um, you talked about that how it, it influenced the game moving forward at your yeah. position. So who do you see in today's game that you think you know what that reminds me of a young freak out there? Oh, or is man. there anybody? Yeah, you got fifty two for the Bears. You got you got <laughs> Mac. You got Khalil <laughs> Mac. You got a Jadavion Clowney. Yeah, yeah. You got um. There's there's a few guys out there. Even like a Von Miller. Like um. Like that's I got a bunch of matches like the way he get here is he just basically just gets up on the ball and he has that he has that dip. Yeah, it gets low. He gets that dip and like I played with good pad level too. Where like if I'm if I'm coming up getting off the ball and just and just just dip a little bit like it's no I gave no no area. So, Okay, you know. Uh, yeah, I, I listen. I watch film. I see. <laughs> so right there, whatever. But like that was like it was just it was just God given talent that I came up doing that. Like I, I worked with my defensive line coaches as well. But that stuff right there was just like I was playing. Like I would like see myself playing in the backyard, playing with my brothers, playing with my cousins. Then just doing some, just doing something that I thought was cool, but it ended up like working working out for me. So that part right there, just it just. Evolved into like me playing defensive end, and then as long as I'm put in a position to where I can do that, mm. say two gapman, that ain't it. That wasn't it. <laughs> not, not for a resource. It's not your passion. That's no. always no. You can do it, but it's, it's not just, my forte. I can do it, but I'm like, but I can, I, I can get there a lot better. Like I can if I just go, I can get there. But then again, like depending on your your team scheme and whatever, like how they play defense, then that's what you have to do. Yeah, I, I I think about just seeing your you evolve over so many years, and uh, you have to give a lot of credit to you know I truly believe, and I say this all the time when I mm. do a lot of charity work. You can't be what you can't see, mm. and so I'm pretty sure like you it. had some guys who 
when you walked inside of that locker room who had positive influence on you. And I think it's important that we address the elephant in the room that you played with the legendary Steve McNair. Yes. And um, he accomplished a a lot. But uh, talk about how he impacted your life and, um, and what did you learn from it? Honestly, you know, now that like, he's passed. On. Honestly, like like I said, like I was a first round pick. So you want to go in as a first round pick. You want to go into the team like, you know, I belong here. You know, I should be here. But deep down inside, I'm like, dude, I'm in the same locker room as Number Nine, Steve, mm-hmm. Air McNair, Air McNair, Eddie George. Like, I need Eddie George out of Ohio State. Like, I'm here on the same team as these guys, man. So like, I I went into the Titans. Like, man, like, oh man, like this this is this is an awesome honor, man, to just be here. And then I'm thinking, like, I'm gonna get you know, not just not just tease or whatever, but you know how they how they welcome you into the league. And listen, they put me to the side. Like, I think Eddie probably put him to the side first. Where like, listen here. Man, we're gonna we, listen. We need you to come here. Like we need, we got to get past this eight and eight hump. This eight and eight thing has been on our back for the past three years. So as far as like the hazing, the hazing and stuff went, like you got, probably got to you know got to sing your school song. But on top of that, ain't no time to haze when you not when when you don't even have a winning record. Yeah, they didn't have a losing record, but it wasn't a winning record. Ain't no you shouldn't be hazing nobody at that time. Now <laughs> you got you got to get the guys in. Listen, we got a job to do. Listen, let's get on the same page. Let's go do this job. But maybe like if you're a team that makes it to the playoffs like every year, yeah. maybe you can haze have a little fun then. But like say if you're yeah, if you're not coming off a winning season. Ain't no time to haze. Right. You got to just get in and just try to get as much that you can get in. And then Steve Steve was like one of the next guys, whatever. Like down down soft guy from Mississippi. Yeah. Um mm-hmm. southern 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 down to the bone. And literally like he like he was one of those guys that literally like um it wasn't no hazing like he was and like he wasn't one of those raw raw people. Like he's one of those people that led he, he led by example. Like he led by actually let his action speak. Yeah. And then that stuff right there just it just it, it just translated over. And then like I remember playing a few years with him, even my first year and second year, like dude didn't even practice during the week because he was so beat Bang, up, banged yeah, up. Yeah, huh? yeah. But man, on Sundays, is that the same? Is that the same? That the same dude who was in the locker room like all week long in the training room, never even like he probably come out and just watch practice. But then you get out there in game time. And most of the time, you need your quarterback out, out on the field and yeah. practice for that relationship with your receivers, yeah. even with your running back, like the handoffs and everything timing. else, yeah. and like the, the timing thing. And then like he like didn't well, I don't know whenever they did it, whatever. But like it wasn't during it wasn't during the practice when we were out there. Mm-hmm. Then he get out there in the game and like man. Oh, that that's why they call him Air McNair. <laughs> that's why they that's why he has this job. That's why he's number nine. Yes. Yeah, yeah. So I mean like Steve Steve was one of those guys that like like he was just um like he was just like a big brother to everyone. Like um Eddie was as well, but Eddie was that big brother, that, that vocal big brother, and Steve was that was that big brother that you just sit back and like, man. He really does his thing, and then don't he don't care if he get any accolades or people like praise him, or whatever. He just goes to work every day. My dude, blue collar. Listen, I listen. I played against him two times a year, and I remember seeing him come out of Alcorn State. Yeah, and he was like Steve Air McNair, and I was like, let me see what makes Steve so good. Like I saw what Sports Center showed me. Yeah, but I, I need to see for myself. <laughs> Uh, his ability to be as strong as he are as he was, and to be able to shake people off, even when they have, and still be able to deliver the football, and, and that's the reason why I asked you, like, 
you know, the influence because I know he had a lot of influence. I remember him coming up to me after a game yeah. and we played y'all down that we actually beat y'all. I think it was the last game of the year, but um, he was like, Takiyo, I know you don't get a lot of credit as you think you deserve. He was like, I know you deserve it because I play against you and I right, see you. Right. He was like, but I just want to let you know it's not falling upon deaf ears. Mm. Continue doing what you do in Cincinnati and somebody will acknowledge it. That's it. That's all I needed. That's I was like, <laughs> oh, that's real. I mean, to be real, that, that that's pretty much one of like the, the same conversation that we had like when I first got in there, whatever, because like I was there and then when I first got there, I would like they didn't want me like in the storm role, so I was I was a backup like when, when I first got there. So he was like, man, he was like, listen, just keep doing what you're doing. And then like he, he reminded me of a, of a play one day like we did like during like early in training camp. They they ran the option, and then literally like I'm I'm slow playing Steve McNair, like literally like I'm I'm slow playing him, and then I'm just shuffling, shuffling, shuffling. Then he pitched to the running back, and I just boom right down the running back. This all in the backfield still, not even upfield. And he was like, bro, he was like, man, just keep doing what you're doing. Trust me. And like his influence was, his influence was the kind of like, like literally like he goes into a game, he get picked off. So he gets hit or a bad play or whatever. He got the same face on. You know, you know, like he's put it behind him. And that kind of stuff taught me how like whatever, whatever, whatever happens, let it happen and move on to the next one. And so like that, that, that what I, I took into each game, whatever, because like Steve didn't, like he didn't always play the perfect game, but you would never see him fluster. You would never see him like like still like thinking about like what happened in the past. You think about just moving forward. And then I just remember that mentality right there going into each game. Like, listen here, like just if you make a bad play, live to see the next play and right. then make up for it then. Right, right. And he was, I mean, the, the league is like a brotherhood and, you know, we 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 didn't necessarily know each other in a league like that, but um, you talk so passionately about him. We all remember where we were at during his unfortunate, untimely yeah. uh, passing, man. So you know, talk about how that kind of affected you yeah, when you heard about it. And, it was terrible. Um, it was it was the fourth of July. I was actually I was down in the Fort Lauderdale by the sea, which is like down in Fort Lauderdale, and I was about to I was about to eat lunch at a at a Greek spot. And I get a phone call. It's from Albert because actually, um, I was back in Tennessee at that time, and like my first, I'll say my, my first eight nine years, I never did the off season program. I, I'm going to Florida. Trust Chilling. me, I'm good. I'm come back ready to play. Like I probably like chill. Like probably like probably February, March, April, May. Mm. <laughs> <laughs> and then, right? No. <laughs> No, that was in the early, early part. That was in the early, early part. But yes, then, like but of each year, but but each year, like I probably started working out a little sooner because I know, like my I was getting older and my body needed it. <laughs> but um, but like during the, during that time, I was doing the offseason program back in Tennessee because I was back there. I did like my first five Tennessee, and I went to Philly for the next yeah. four. Then back to Tennessee for my last two, oh eight and oh nine, and then oh eight and oh nine, I was doing the offseason program back in Tennessee. And um, we would like, you know, do our little morning workout, um, our conditioning, our weights. And then Steve actually opened up um, a, a, a little, like a little fast food type restaurant, like just down the road, like maybe like five minutes from the facility, like right, right down the road from um, from TSU. Mm-hmm. And we would go there, uh, me, myself, Vince, Bull, Keith, Keith Bullock, yeah. a bunch of the guys would go there and just hang out, grab something to eat and just, you know, just chop it up. Just, just, talk, just talk about like, you know, like about life. 
about the team and just about just any any topic it is. We talked about it, about traveling and every other thing or whatever. And then just talking to him then and that, like, man, it's going to be pretty cool. You no, know, back on back with the Titans. And then I get to go like leave work and then go, go hang out with Steve. That was mm-hmm. cool there. And then um, was gone like after the offseason program ended right before training camp. And then was at the restaurant back down to Florida. Fast forward back down to Florida at the restaurant about to eat. And then I get a phone call. Um, it's from Albert Hainsworth. Mm-hmm. And then um, they answer the phone like, uh, what's going on, Alby? No, we call him Bobo. He mm-hmm. Back when we first got there, he told us this joke about Bobo the Clown. I, I feel <laughs> I didn't know. <laughs> but, um, but yes, um, he was like, man, he's like, like, what's going on? I'm like, I'm just telling about the girls on the eat. Um, what's good? Like, oh, man, you'll never believe um, who got killed or, or who died or whatever. I'm like, who? He said, man, Steve. I'm like, I'm like. Steve Irwin, the crocodile hunter? Like, not Steve, not, no, not Steve McNair. Yeah, yeah. He's like, man, Steve, I'm like, man, like, please don't, no, man, stop playing, man. You play too much. Too too many jokes, too many jokes. Yeah. He's like, nah, man, for real, they they found him dead. He's like, man, they they got the, they got the apartment roped off and everything else. And then I think I went to, I went to maybe like a website or something or made some phone calls up here and they said it happened. And like, literally, that day, like the Fourth of July, never be the same to me. Just by, just like, just the, I, I remember that phone call, and then like right around that time, like I kind of, I don't forget about it, but just going along, you know, Fourth of July, like, like where am I gonna hang out, or am I, am I doing fireworks this year, or what the deal is, and then go on social media and somebody post something. I never forget. Like I never forget, or you always be remembered. Then you see like a, a Steve McNair meme or some whatever. Then that day right there, just like it was. It was like felt like it was felt like throughout not just Tennessee but just I think it was felt like just throughout like the whole football community. No doubt. Yeah. <clears throat> hey, fast forward to um, when you look at the game today and you see the influence of a Steve McNair. You see the influence of a Donovan McNabb. Yes. These guys who came in and they've had so much success after beating the stereotypical, well, at one point in time, black quarterbacks, they were not even allowed to even play the position. Right. Now these guys have came in and set the the tone and the tempo, and you see so many trailblazers that are coming after them. Week, what is it, week 14 in the NFL. Yes. (laughs) The top five rated quarterbacks in the NFL coming into week 14. Russell Wilson, Lamar Jackson, Dak Prescott, Patrick Mahomes, and Deshaun Watson. Yes. And all of them are black. Mm -hmm. So when you see or you even have the opportunity to say, you know what? I was a part or I played with one of the pioneers who really started and gave these younger guys the opportunity. Goes back to what I always say. You can't be what you can't see. Right. And I'm sure all of these guys saw a Donovan McNabb, Steve McNair. How does that make you feel when you see now, at one point in time, black quarterbacks didn't even have the opportunity to even say, you know what, coming out of college, I'm still going to play quarterback. They would try to put them at a different position. 
What are your thoughts and your feelings of seeing now, coming into week 14, the top five rated <laughs> quarterbacks in the National Football League right. are black? It's, it's an honor. I mean, not just, play, not just playing with Steve McNair, but also playing with Donovan McNabb. Yeah. Like playing, like playing with those guys who literally, like, um, I'm sure – I'm sure they probably wasn't supposed to play the position, but like they came in and did what they had to do, or whatever. Like it's nothing that you can take away from them. Like you, yeah, you can throw whatever out there. Like the reason why they play the position or why they're so good at the position, but like it flat out, it comes down to just being able, just being able to play a position, but then play it at a high level, mm-hmm. which which is which was one of those levels like they weren't they they're not ready for. They were not ready for it then. I would say like now they're somewhat ready for it now, but then they just wasn't ready for it then because like they were like they were mobile guys, and then like to, to be honest, like just uh, being being mobile and being able to throw the ball, just they just don't put the two together. Like either you can either you can run the ball and like and get the hell up out of there, or you can like be able to throw the ball. But being able to do both, it just was kind of kind of like, nah, I don't, I don't like this. Nah, this, this should be like this. But now it's like, you know what? Now it's the norm now. I got to get me one of these. Yes, I, I, I want one of those. I want one of those for Christmas, mom. <laughs> Just like they wanted a freak when he uh, yeah. when you came in the league. Yes, yes. But so, um, but like definitely like it was it was on the plane, playing with both of those guys and then just knowing like I got a chance to play with those guys and like now those are the guys that, that evolved the, the quarterback position for these guys now. But similar to when you came out, Remember, you were a tweener. Yes. Lamar Jackson, lighting the league up now for the Baltimore Ravens. Yes. They said, maybe we need to stick him at wide receiver or running back or something else. That's what all the the, uh, the skeptics say. Dumb. Uh, <laughs> he's lighting the league up this year, man. But then you still see people trying to, you know, take poke at him. Poke yeah. at him and, and find chinks in the armor. Recently yeah. played the Niners and, and, and uh, the reporter said. Tim Ryan. Tim Ryan, what did he say, Spice? That oh, he man. had the he had a dark uniform, dark skin, dark skin, and a dark football. So that gave him a, an advantage. Oh man, Where, what, what, what do you what do you think? What are your thoughts on that, man? That, we have ours, but what, what are your thoughts on that? I was disappointed to hear that. Like in this day and age, especially like someone that has a position like that. Like I kind of get what he was saying. But you don't say that. Yeah. <laughs> I kind of get what he was saying, but you just don't. You just don't say that. Like he's taking away from like, like once he do that fake, wh- what about everything else? Mm. Like what about his running ability? What about him passing the ball? Like what about his decision making? Like that doesn't have anything to do with your dark skin. Mm. So that part right there really, it really confused me. Like at this day and age, like I just had to, I just had to just shake my head. Like for real. But I'm like, but if that's how you want to try to justify why this guy's good, you're really taking away from his natural ability, like his yeah. talent level, like his skill level. Like yeah. it's it 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 took us back. It, it took did. us back a little bit. It did. And yeah. then that you almost lose credibility as a media person because you know defense as a defensive guy, you you taught you're taught not to be nosy. Right. Follow your scheme. Follow, That's this it. is your gap. This is where you're supposed to be on this play. Assign, assignment, assignment. Assignment. Yes. And you got twenty two eyes on defense. Eleven guys, twenty two eyes. Yes. You can't tell me all twenty two eyes are, are being fooled by what you think is a f- a fake advantage. No. You know what I mean? But my thing is what happens when they're not wearing the dark uniforms and he still does the same thing. Same damn thing. The same thing. Yeah. So yeah, that's one of those things where like like when I saw that like when I saw that surfaced, I'm like, 
no, nah, this can't be happening. Not, not right now. Yeah. And like you're like he basically like he's a team. He's a team like the team right or whatever. Like that. That's that's not that's not cool. Yeah, I, I didn't I didn't like it because I played for the Forty ers right. and I, I mean I echo your same sentiments. Tim Ryan, um, he's the um, he's their um, analyst in-house. for their team in house week to week. So he see what they do on a consistent basis. And, you know, his exact words were, he's really good at that fake Lamar Jackson. But when you consider his dark skin color with the dark football, with the dark uniform, you could not see that thing. He said on the Murph and Mac radio show. I mean, you literally could not see when he was in and out of the mesh point. And if you're a half a step slow on him in terms of your vision, forget about it. He's out of the gate. He's at it. Um, the 49ers, even Jed York, went as far as um, making sure that that type of behavior was not tolerated. So they went ahead and suspended him for a game. Right. I've had the opportunity to um, me be playing there and, 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 and talking with him when he was doing color commentary for games for Fox. Yeah. Um, I was disappointed in his words. Because I felt like he wasn't, I felt like he was trying to show or paint a picture. But, bro, you picked up the wrong. No. Wrong. You picked up the <laughs> wrong damn brush when you do that. He did. And, and to your point, I think you hit it on the head. You've been in the game long enough, Tim. I don't think, yes. I would like to say, by me knowing him, I will say this. He never came off in guys, people of color, black guys. That, everybody always rock with Tim. That's what I've heard. Like, and I would like to say he didn't mean it in a malicious standpoint, but you said what you said and you meant what you meant. Right. And and if we're friends, I got to hold you accountable. accountable. You got to. Yeah. We have to. You got to be held accountable. Like, that's that imperative. Yeah. So yes. I appreciate Jed York for the San Francisco 49ers addressing that. Uh, but to your point, what I'm disappointed about was the fact that, listen, man, you are discounting everything that this young man has been through every day, every night, every battle to when he came to the combine a year ago. Right. And everybody looked at him and asked him, what position, what position are you <laughs> going to play? Mm-hmm. Yes. And he was like, quarterback yeah. and if I'm not gonna play quarterback I'm not gonna work out right and so you're yeah. you're you're I just thought it was I want I don't want to say it was ignorant because I the, the, the definition of being ignorant is when you don't know any better it Tim you like know better knowledge. it was disappointing it was just disappointing to me just just hearing that at this day and age especially like with, with what this kid has did since they put him out there last year and then this season this season alone like like I, I was just saying to him whatever like it's like it's one thing you talk about dark uniforms but um they also wear wear white uniforms and he's doing the same thing. All right, your last name is Curse, and you always do a play on words, the gift and the curse. Yes. Who are some of the people that provide a motivation in your life, or who are some of the gifts in your life? My motivation and then what I think what, what also helped me in football was like I would say I grew up without a father figure. Like my father got murdered when my when my mother was pregnant with me. So I never even met my father. 
So then, so like most of the time, like I had an uncle here and there who would like pop in and pop out or whatever, but it was my mom stuck being the mother and the father. And then her raising six boys and one girl, she got stuck. She got caught up in the in the dad role. So that was her role there. So like she did the, you know, the discipline thing, whatever. That was her thing there, whatever. It's like she forgot to do the mom thing, which like I had like other family members to to, 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 to cover that. But then it basically like it forced me to um, to mature at an early age, so I was always into like into babysitting my younger siblings, like even cooking food for us, uh, doing the laundry, like literally like, like stay stay home babysitting them, like while my older brother was doing whatever. So I was like the big brother and damn near like the man of the house. So I got stuck doing that, and then once. Like once I started playing football, then like I had coaches who kind of, who kind of took on that role as well. Who was kind of like kind of father, like mentors, father figures as well. And then it just got instilled in me or whatever. I'm like, you know what? Like no matter because of my situation at home, mm-hmm. I can still I can still be a better person, be a positive person because I could have easily just shut it down and just say that I'm a victim of my environment or whatever. But I'm like, you know what? Um, that's not working for me, which that catapulted me into into doing all of my charity work. So I do a bunch of charity work. I, I do, a, I, I give back um, backpacks. I give back um, Thanksgiving turkeys, gave out 700 turkeys this year. I do a tour drive I've been doing now for the past six years. And I did the backpacks and the turkey thing for like the past, like maybe 14, 15 years. So then just about giving back with that, because like I was one of those kids who didn't think that I had a, a chance, didn't, didn't, didn't think that I would ever like amount to anything. And then once it happened, I'm like, you know what? If I did it, anybody can do it. So whenever I have events, whatever, I talk to kids and I try to motivate them and try to let them know no matter what your circumstance is, you can you can still make something out of yourself. You can still make it out of whatever situation that you're in now, whatever. You just gotta you just gotta like my little buddy, um, this little kid, this little kid named Aiden told me, you gotta think big. You gotta <laughs> you gotta think big. So like when you when you're thinking big right there, just it's just a different thought process to where you know, you, you just not got not motivate yourself, but you got to motivate everyone around you. So, like, whenever I do like a charity event, I'm doing my thing, and then also I'm trying to motivate at least each person that's there, each parent, each kid there, to try to, to, try to make a difference in at least one person's life that you know. And then eventually, everyone is going to get that same bug, and then everybody's going to be able to lift, uplift everyone. All right, so I would be remiss if I didn't ask you this because we go deep on knowledge. On behind the mask. So, you played with a, a a fantastic team in college. Some of the guys you played with, you talked about Mike Peterson, yeah, uh, Reggie McGrew, um, Jaquez Green, Fred Taylor. Yes. This question I have for you is this: <laughs> Your roommate in college was who? My roommate in college. Oh man. Well, I, I don't know this particular roommate. This particular roommate said. Fred T. <clears throat> <laughs> he no, it was him. I'm, you I'm killed saying, every every time he was expecting to come back to the room to eat his ramen noodles. No, <laughs> he said you used to eat all of his damn noodles. No, Fred used to he used to steal my ramen noodles. Well, I would get him to say if I was out, but like anytime that I restart, I'm like, yo, Fred, I restart ramen noodles, and then I also got couple noodles. He never got <laughs> he, he never got couple noodles. <laughs> he always did the ramen noodles, so he was still my couple. He, he, he was still my couple noodles along with ramen noodles, but I would yeah. You replace it, but only the. 
I think I, I did the, the cream of the, I think the cream of chicken <laughs> in an, another flavor. Another flavor like I never I never touched, but yeah, ramen noodles. College life. You had to have them, huh? Hashtag college life. <laughs> yes. <laughs> Listen, that's I, I could go on the record and say I've never had ramen noodles. Oh man, you don't know what you're missing. Never. What? You never got ramen noodles? You never cut up some hot dogs and threw them in there? No. Just, oh man. He don't eat anything that starts with a P. I don't eat nothing that starts with a P. So no pork, pineapples, pancakes, pizza, pina coladas, <laughs> potatoes. None of that. None of that. Nothing that starts with a P. Ah, uh, pineapple. Uh, you don't know what pineapple does for you? Nah, what, what does pineapple do? It's, it makes your bodily fluid sweet. Mm. <laughs> You, do you have to be told that, or do you you just? I'm just saying this was told. I was put on game by someone else older. I don't. I'm so if saying. if I if I do eat pineapples, can I call it fruit? Because I eat flapjacks, but I don't eat pancakes. Oh man, get out of here, man! What the fuck is this dude talking about? You eat crepes, French fries, but I don't eat potatoes. <laughs> you eat you eat crepes, but you don't, you don't eat pancakes, right? Okay, okay, just just French pancakes, okay. Nah, man, but bro, we appreciate you stopping by the behind no, the mask. Help me, man. Blessing us with your presence, man. Much respect, bro. Congratulations on your honor. Yes, sir. And where can the people follow you, find you? You know, where can they know about the freak? Um, I'm on social media. Um, I'm. Instagram, Twitter, Facebook. It's under my name, Javon Curse. We got you. Uh, yeah, Javon Curse. And um, my plug, my plug on Instagram is uh, my curse is my gift. Mm. My curse is my gift. You get it? Yeah, yeah absolutely. It's pretty cool, right? It's definitely my curse. Right like these it. hands, like this wingspan, this. The shirt. The, yeah. yeah. He's about, he's about to put up. Yeah, yeah. He's really a model now. Get, get to the people. Go ahead. Get, 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 get to the people. The no, listen. It's gotta, my gift. We gotta it's my gift. We got to get the female listeners no. and viewers up. Go ahead. Get Baby, to the people. No. Uh, uh, Just what's up? I mean. What's up? I mean, what's up? What's up? I'm still, no, I'm still saying good. No, I'm still saying good. Like, I'm still in the gym. It's, it's therapeutic to me right now. And then when you got a nickname like The Freak, it's like, oh, my goodness, I used to be The Freak. I'm like, no, I am The Freak. No, I, I, got, a, I got a certain certain physical appearance that I, 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 try, to, I try to uphold. Yeah. Yeah. It, you do it quite well. It, it works. You know, it works. It, 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 it works for yeah, it you. Is. It works. It works. Yeah. Right on, man. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube.